Hello everyone, this is Noah and John and we are from Urban Digs and we are talking Manhattan and here we are Johnny, we, uh, we're week six. Yep, week Looking six, the pause. Look at what else we're going to do. I, I, I would like to think that there's something we could do at some point soon. I, there, I don't know there, when that's going to be. There is something we could do. We could, we could bring a good attorney on and that's we could try idea. to tell people. I, 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 well, I was getting there. And, You're and too fast. Have, and we happen to have one right here. I'm going to do a Brady Bunch. Uh, You're getting way ahead of me. screen like right here, but it's probably on the, on the recording right down below. And it's, right uh, there. It's, it's Jamie Heiberg. Right there. You yeah. can see it's right there. Look, I'm pointing at her. Yeah, that's Jamie Heiberg, everybody. Uh, it's another attorney. Probably needs no introduction. You've most likely done a deal or multiple deals with her before. So welcome, Jamie. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. I'm not used to being a guest lately. I've been having all the guests on mine, you know. Yeah, we're putting, we're putting you on the other shoe now, Jamie. Um, you've, been, you've been pumping out amazing content. And, and we share a similar vision. We both want to help our industry and, and pass on good content. And I guess there is something we could do, John. We can, we can tap Jamie's brain and, and try to tell people where, you know, where things are happening out there from a legal perspective. And I mean, that's, that's their intel is gold right now. That's yeah. the front line. Yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, I guess we just jump right into it. Yeah, Jamie, what's going on? Wow. What is going on? Uh, <laughs> you know, like you said, look, we want to stay relevant. We want to be helpful to the industry. Uh, I know for you, it's been like it is for me. Look, this industry has been enormously supportive of me for a very long time, allowing me to represent owners and management companies, handling all their evictions and uh, down there on the grind and the, on the grounds in the grind with the courthouses and the uh, administrative agencies like the Department of Buildings, Housing Preservation and Development. And of course, then on the transactional front, you know, I'm grateful to all the brokerage communities who have enormously welcomed me into their offices, allowing the buyers and sellers. And, you know, here we are in a complete pause, right? So everything is stopped. Uh, when I say everything, I will say this. It's encouraging at the very least to see deals start to happen. Uh, they are starting to happen. I mm -hmm. think that whether it's true or not, that there's light at the end of the tunnel, at least from a, from a customer viewpoint, it feels that way. I think that getting to that plateau certainly helped help people feel a more of a level of consumer confidence that, okay, I can imagine that if I were to go to contract now, I will be able to close and occupy the premises within a reasonable period of time. Mm -hmm. Also taking into account that any contract that we're doing right now, any lease that we're doing right now, we are providing for specific COVID-19 language to allow for the flexibility of, okay, well, I'm signing this lease. It might, may or may not get board approved, or I may not be able to occupy because maybe the building is open now to move in. And maybe there's going to be another wave and they're going to close. So we need that flexibility. And knowing that they have that flexibility has allowed buyers who, who, or renters who need something to go and pull, take that you know, leap into that next stage. That's good to hear that there's, um, that there's that language going in there. And it's pretty much, um, I'm hearing it's in every contract these days. My question to you is, um, it, is the only concern of buyers is whether or not they're going to close? Are, are any, any concept on price here or, or they're, they're happy with their price? No, 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 no. There's definitely been a lot of renegotiation, not significantly, but, but real. Mm -hmm. You know, I would, I would say out of all of the deals that I have currently pending in contract and not yet scheduled to close, 
And, and of course, look, deals that are scheduled to close way out there, maybe they're on a new development, those deals are not necessarily coming up yet because in, unless there's a time period with which the developer had to close by, unless that issue is in, imminent, we're not hearing from them. So now what we're hearing from are people that have loan commitment letters that potentially could be expiring or even not expiring, but people that are just fearful, like saying to themselves, hey, wait a second, it might be worth it for me to cancel this deal, lose my down payment, rather than closing. If, it, if I feel that the market is down so much that I'm going, to meet, I'm going to be out less by walking from the deposit. I don't think that's really the case yet. Yeah. And hopefully it won't be. You know, the market was already down before COVID. And yeah. so I don't think we're going to see, you know, people, you're not going to, prices are not down another 20%. That doesn't mean that they're not down, and that doesn't mean that there haven't been negotiated deals that may have given 20% reductions, although I haven't really seen those on deals that were contracted to pre-COVID. 10%, yes. Most of them have averaged around 10%. But, you know, listen, not everything is worth less right now. You know, it depends a little bit on your price point and on your product. Yeah, and I, and I would also I would also suggest that a lot of the the ten percent that you're talking about that renegotiation had to do with a lot of the uncertainty about closing and timelines. And I'm wondering if the new COVID clauses sort of you know paper over the timelines. Does that sort of put a floor under prices in your opinion? Uh, it help does. to serve absolutely because I think one of the things that I'm recommending to everybody is if you're going to renegotiate your contract now, where you didn't have to but you're going to then what you're doing is you're gaining a sense of certainty on the future. Because if somebody, if I'm, if I'm the seller, if I'm representing a seller and I'm going to give a seven and a half, 10, 12% discount off of the, off of the price as a closing credit. And I'm going to agree to that now. Well, I'm also going to make sure that that buyer agrees that this is it. There's no more. They're not going to use this as the next excuse. Mm -hmm. And I think that that level of certainty has value to it because look, at some point in time, buyers may be able to cancel and you're taking that risk out of the equation. Interesting. Jamie, from a logistical perspective, um, if I am a buyer and I have a good deal that I think I'm happy to go forward with, but my concern is the due diligence process could you say a statement or two in regards to what, what would an agent tell a buyer like um, in terms of virtual contract signing and virtual due diligence, that phase of the transaction with, with no showings going on? Okay. So as far as look, contracts and as far as communication and in-person interaction with clients, I would say that 99% of my deals, I don't even meet the parties. And before they meet anybody from my office, it's usually at the closing table. And as far as the virtual aspect of it, look, if you're on the sales side of a deal, sellers very seldom are, and they definitely don't need to be at a closing unless, of course, there's something about their ownership structure that would require that, which usually we can get around anyway. Uh, I'm closing deals. I'm closing deals that are co-ops where we need, even though we need the stock and the lease, which we call the collaterals from the seller's lender, we're still getting those deals done. So the answer is, look, we can get through the contract. We can get through the closing. As far as the due diligence is concerned, we can get through that too. What do we need? We need the offering plan. We need the financials. Most of that stuff we can get emailed to us. Uh, house rules, all of the documents. Management companies that are not 
um, as operational necessarily as others have actually allowed us to get copies of the board minutes where we cannot get in there to read them. So I've yet to have a deal that's come in new post COVID that I wasn't able to ultimately get all of my due diligence done. I'm not saying it didn't take a little bit longer in some instances, right. but we're getting it done. So okay, that's what I want. Thanks. That's what I wanted to hear. I mean, and, and, and may I just say, um, is it, is it possible that when we get out of this, that maybe that kind of, you know, um, process sticks around for a little while? I mean, I, I would certainly like it to, you know, and, and, as, and as far as, look, we already know the warnings are out there that even yeah. when the economy opens, and of course, look, we're all sitting there, we need it to open, we all need to make money. Once it opens, what about the level of care people are now going to take? You know, in my opinion, I would like to see everybody keep the social distancing aspect, even though you're opening up the economy. It doesn't mean people can't operate in their offices and keep social distancing there. But is it really necessary to start going into offices and exposing yourself more than necessary? Yeah. I, would, I would recommend that every management company and everybody out there still, until there's a vaccine, we all just kind of take those steps and say, hey, you know what? Our Zoom meetings are working. Our virtual processes are working. Let's keep them in place so that we can keep, that, keep those numbers down. We don't need, if we could avoid the peaks, let's avoid the peaks. So my answer would be yes. Yeah, and I think that's going to happen anyway. I think, I think when we come out of this whole thing, people are going to realize, okay, oh my God, there's, there's a percentage of work that could be done at home. There's a percentage of work that could be done remotely and digitally. Um, and, and they're going to look and they're going to, they're going to oh, we lost her video. I like to see her. Video. There she is. Hey, Jamie, she's back. Um, yeah. I, and and I, I often think about what sticks. What sticks at the end? Of, how does the role of the agent change after all this? I, I often find myself thinking about that. How, how does the buyer pool change? How does the seller pool change? We might be going through a, a, a lot of structural changes um, at yep. the end of the year. I mean, I, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I, listen, I, would, I love the whole virtual thing. I think it's a great asset. You know, look, you were ahead of the game. You were all set up from the start, you know? And so I, you. <laughs> well, you know, I got on it very early for sure. You know, I teach all those continuing ed classes for credits. So like the minute right. I knew this was going on in China, I was on the phone with the Department of State and getting all of my classes approved for Zoom. And so that enabled me like right out of the gate, I was boom. I'm like, all right, I'm going to bring this to the industry. I'm going to keep people engaged and, you know, provide as much, you know, value as I can. Mm -hmm. That that's what I want agents to get. So you're you're an attorney. You're in the legal field, and I mean you're you're you have your clients. But I mean, agents are also a funnel for clients for you. Like I mean, right? Because you're good with agents because agents are bringing in clients and recommending clients to you. I'm trying to get agents to understand the virtual game um, and set themselves up for whatever pent up demand lies beyond this whole this whole cycle. And just you know, some of them are, are getting used to Zoom for the first time. But I'm like, you know, take it two steps further. And, and go to your systems, get one-on-one, -on -one, talk to your buyers, talk to your sellers, show them the trends, do it consistently, have a narrative, have, have a message, so that when, when we are coming out of this, you will see it in the numbers, et cetera, et cetera. So let me ask you this, from a legal perspective, so I want to keep it legal, from a legal perspective, what could agents do? Again, again, they have a seller that's about to sign that listing agreement, they have a buyer that's about to potentially go and get, get an accepted offer. What could they do just to keep both of their clients on top of the game and ahead of the curve right now, given the times? Are there any tips from a legal perspective or, or, or what lies in the contract phase that you could give some guidance for and say, look out for? 
Well, I think I think that the utmost importance is what's always been my utmost importance, and that's being prepared, being creative, and getting the due diligence done. Mm -hmm. You know, agents seem to have a tendency to think that the due diligence begins with the attorney, but the due diligence begins with the agent. And so if that agent can be communicate with the lawyers, whoever it is, whether it's me or somebody else that you work with, and speak to them. I have a seller that's about to list. Can you check out that property for me on the Department of Buildings, the Department of Finance? Get as much information as possible so that when the time comes to put the pen into paper to sign those contracts, issues are not coming up last minute. Contact the managing agents. Find out whether or not there's been an increase in carrying costs since the January listing. Mm -hmm. uh, find out the policies of the building. Are they allowing move-ins and move-outs? Uh, anything yeah. that you can do in advance to shorten that time frame is going to be extremely beneficial. If you have a client that's out of state, don't wait till the last minute to get, you know, to make sure that your attorney or somebody knows that you might need a power of attorney. Uh, we can do virtual notaries within the state of New York. Uh, there's, there's, we can overnight documents, you know, we can hold documents in escrow. We can act for the, uh, we could be the attorney for both right. the bank and the buyer, you know? So on the buy side of a deal, that's also very helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, let's make sure that we get into communication with the lenders now, um, get them the information that they need. You know, people that, people that are buying that want to do financing, don't wait on it, you know, get out there now. You know, the, the rates, look, rates are still at historical lows, but it doesn't seem that they are coming down at the moment. Um, take advantage of them. Take advantage of a few of the banks still allow construction loans. Maybe people are buying something that needs work. There are pieces of the Department of Buildings process that can be done right now. You mm -hmm. can get an architect. An architect can get into a building. Even though an agent can't get into a building, have them decide on their vendors. Let them get that architect to go right. in there, take the measurements now, so the plans can be drafted now. There's no reason to wait. Some right. boards are even accepting them. Get them board approved. Get Be first online. Right. That, that's, that's great. How, how long is, is your contract phase lasting these days? Is it, is it like the, and I mean, it used to be a week. I mean, I mean, I guess the hope would be a week if everything would align. Um, You're talking about from, from going, accepting from, offer to getting from deal sheet, right. from deal sheet being sent out to Jamie today and they're starting on due diligence to, to full contract execution. I mean, it used to be a week is, is, is the hope, I guess, plus or minus a couple of days for, for, for delivery of contract. Um, is it taking two weeks, three weeks? It's, four, taking, I mean, it's taking two weeks at least. Okay. It's I guess that's not so bad. Because it's not, it's not just the function of getting, obtaining all of the documentation from the buildings. Yeah. It's also a function of the, the buyers taking longer because they feel like they can, you know, yeah. no one's getting in. You know, so it's just, that's just what's happening. And time is a deal killer. You know, whenever you get to that part of the phase of the cycle, you know, of, of getting the deal done and you, you, you just need that contract execution, you know, that time is a deal killer down there. Well, so lengthening that, that period of time is always, you know, kind of, kind of scary to me. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's the key right there because, you know, I have a deal right now that it's about to implode. And if it does, it's because the listing agent didn't have the proper information from the beginning. And, uh, if, they, and if they did, my client would have either gone into it with a different mental state wow. or they would have walked away sooner. Instead, we just spent two weeks getting the answers that they should have had already. And had they done that, we'd probably already be in contract. And instead, it's about to blow up.
you can't have surprises right now. You nope, cannot. No there, you have no room for error. So you get, all the numbers need to be correct. All the all the everything on that apartment needs to be correct from a due That's diligence. That's right. That's right. No one right. will come and, and, and quite frankly, quite frankly, if you realize something is wrong and you're in the middle of a negotiation, bring it out. That's like, right. Immediately, bring it out. Get them on the phone. Tell them what it is. Have it priced in before you get to the whole contract phase. That's right. Transparency. It's all about transparency. You know, know your product, know what it is, know what the requirements are uh, before you list. Doing that, well, it, it takes it out of the equation. Don't yeah. leave it there. Don't leave a buyer to have a reason to ponder more than necessary right now. Right. Exactly. Jamie, could I, could I just switch to the sell side for a second? I'm just curious um, if you have some sellers, if you could talk about sort of their mentality right now, how they're viewing the market, uh, things like that. You know, I, I, on some level, I think that I think that there's a defeatist attitude out there that we need to change, which is we can't bring buyers. You know, they can't they can't smell, touch, you know, feel the whole the whole thing, and therefore, why bother listing? However, you know what? Street Easy no longer has days on market, right? So now that the days on market aren't there, that takes out the risk of how long are the buyers going to see days on the market. Now they're not going to see that. You really have nothing to lose by putting it out there. You know, at the same token, I also think that people need to get ahead of the needs of the market. There are going to be buyers out there. There are going to be people wanting to trade up, trade down, um, diversify. You know, if you had a $5 million apartment and you're empty nesters, do you need the $5 million apartment or might you want the two to three and also buy the place out east that you didn't have or up north that you didn't have? Um, I think we're going to see a lot of that. I, I think that numbers wise, we're going to be seeing a lot of transactions sooner than people think. Dollar wise, there, you know, there we're going to be lower. But numbers wise, I think the volume will be there. What about, what about broken contracts? I think you pointed to it a little earlier. Are you seeing a lot of them or you said not that much? You know, I've, I've, had, I've had a few myself, you know, deals where on a new development where the outside closing date has come and went. I had a buyer exercise their right to cancel. So that happened. I, had, I, have, a, I have a client right now looking to get out of a deal. I don't want to talk about it because we're in the works of it right of now. Yeah. But, it is, but it is on a new development. Uh, I don't want to really comment on it either way. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But um, I don't, I haven't had a sales side deal be lost yet. And one of the reasons being my recommendation across the board has been to my sellers that it's not, doesn't take a heck of a lot of an accommodation to make a buyer happy to proceed. It's That's not, true. the number's not that great. I've done, I've had reductions of $10,000 on multiple deals that got that deal over, over the line. Wow. And, I, and I, think that that's, I think that that's really good advice and a really important point here, which is be creative and be flexible. A little accommodation will go a long way. Do you want, do you want to keep the deposit and end up with just a vacant apartment that you're not showing? Or do you want the possibility, do you want to be able to proceed and just accommodate a little bit? Well, that's, that's, that's really good stuff. I think I want to end it on that note, yeah. John, unless you have any other questions. No, I think that's it. Uh, Jamie, any final thoughts you have for the, uh, for buyers and sellers and agents out there? You know, I just, I just think that we need to kind of just stick together as an industry and understand that, you know, we're New Yorkers, 
New York's the best place in the world and that it's going to come back. Do we know when it's going to come back? Not exactly, but I think that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think that we need to really focus on the needs out there. There's a lot of people that have been staring at their walls and they're dying to get out of their places that they've been in for this long. And there are going to be people out there, unfortunately, that lost jobs and they need to sell. And I think that focusing on those needs, not just on when the economy opens, focus on those needs now. You know, do what you can be doing now. And more than anything, listen to Cuomo, listen to what the legislature says, and, you know, be safe, be smart, and follow the rules. And that's how we're going to get through this. Excellent. Great stuff. Jamie, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. You stay safe as well over there. Be well. Continue pumping out that content. Um, thanks again for joining us. This is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs. We're talking Manhattan, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.